Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. Good morning. The first reading is a reading from Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you were crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land of the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Here ends the reading. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or, or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I am a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seeds in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel lesson comes from the fifth chapter of Matthew. So you've heard our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. If you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple... You suddenly remember, someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there. Leave it at the altar. Go, be reconciled with that person. 
then you can come. You can offer your sacrifice to God. So you're on the way to court with your adversary. Settle the differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to an officer and you'll be thrown into prison. If that happens, you won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. You've heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, pluck it out, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than the whole body to be thrown into hell. If your hand, even your strong hand, causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. You've heard the law that says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say a man who divorces his wife, unless uh, she has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. You've also heard that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say, don't make any vows. Do not say, by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. Don't say, by earth, because the earth is his footstool. Do not say, by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say, by my head, for you can't turn one hair white or black. Just say a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. You may be seated. Woof a doof, I think I've got this one before. Woof. Great news, folks. Today's lesson is not on how to properly remove your hand, gouge your eye out, or shame divorcees. Don't worry. That's ridiculous. Um, like I said before, uh, last time we talked about something for the 2020 uh, focus on faithfulness, we talked about baptism. It's the same today. We want to give attention when we were coming up with this focus on faithfulness to some of the things that maybe we can quickly overlook that are a part of our traditions, a part of the ways we worship, or especially we can't presume everybody here was grown up in the same church. These things can mean so many different things. So we wanted to highlight some of the elements of our worship and praise and practices of faith and say, why do we do this thing? What's it for? How does it have relevance to us now? Why do we still practice it? So the one we're talking about today, if you saw coming in and maybe you've heard a theme of peace, is that cringe-inducing for all introverts, passing of the peace. Anybody, who here is like, ugh, passing of the peace? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't relate. I'm a gluttonous extrovert. I'm like, let's all touch hands. Yay! I love it. Um, and what it sometimes can feel like is a, a kind of break in the liturgy for social time, maybe. Hey, hey, Jerry, how are you? You know, we can do that thing. But is that why we have this tradition of passing the peace? Alice's, Pastor Alice says, no, no, no. She knows. No, peace, you guys. I have to tell you, if you were to just do a cursory search in that old, big old book of the Bible, I mean all of them. You'll find peace is uttered a lot. It's uttered specifically a lot by God. When God shows up to speak to somebody, almost always they go, ah! That, I think, betrays a very guilty conscience we all have that God showed up. Oh, he's got me. Um, but God says that because there's always this terror. Jesus does it after he comes back from the dead. His disciples, understandably, they kind of abandoned him or like, Oh, what's he going to say to us? And the first thing he utters is peace. 
peace be with you. The very words we say when we pass the peace. I think that's really important. This is a very important kind of peace. It's not just, I'll give you an alternative. My dad, he's a lovely guy, but as a kid, this is exactly how he passed peace every day, every time we were in worship. He just did this, peace, (laughs) peace. My dad is a a crushing introvert. He does not want to talk to people that badly. So he's just, "Mm, mm, peace, man. You know, like whatever. You, You do you happily and I'll do me happily over here. Um, I love the guy, but it's not that sort of connection of peace be with you that we hear from God. Um, I've been to a lot of churches in my life, and one of the most wild ones I saw that kind of captured that other version of peace, which is the social interaction, was a church said, all right, it's time for the passing of the peace, so give everybody a how to do and hallelujah. And I went, whoa, that's different gluttonous extrovert, I was like, <laughs> howdy do, hallelujah, I, I loved it. Doesn't really capture again the peace we hear about in the Bible, this peace be with you. Peace as in shalom, whole peace. I had to write it down because I don't want to mess it up. Peace as we're engaging in at this moment in worship It's a bit about reconciliation and a bit about declaring to somebody that fundamental message uttered from the mouth of God. God's own breath declares it, and we declare it to one another. It has a nuance of wholeness, completion, and rest. This isn't just being tranquil. This isn't peace and quiet. You do you over there, and I'll do mine over here, and we have peace. It's not merely the absence of conflict the cessation of hostilities. It is a life that is full of goodness and completely free of, the big word in our time, anxiety. Free. The conception is more than just spiritual, it's physical as well. It's where every bill is paid. It's where your whole family is well. There's no sickness. It's the kingdom of God stuff where the work we do is fulfilling and we are at peace with one another, recognizing that our relationships with one another are unsullied by our sins against one another and we then, in making that peace, are surrounded by friends who know you and love you. Like we said in the baptismal liturgy, loved. God loves you. So do we. Not so different to extend peace to one another. It's bigger than peace. I'll give you an example. I taught this to our preschoolers at Good Shepherd. We have about 180 of these little, little, little ones running around, and we do, I do chapel with them three times a month. And we talked about the important work of the community to share and make peace. So I told them the story. If you ever want to get a toddler excited, tell them a story that involves swords. Um, we told the story of Jesus getting arrested and Peter getting all worked up and scared that he slices the ear off of a guard and every kid's like, whoa! Things got hot fast! And Jesus ends it. And beyond just stopping the hostilities, then remember, what does Jesus do to the guard who got his ear cut off? He heals him. 
he restores him to wholeness. Wholeness, true peace. So I told the kids, every time we do a lesson like this, I always teach them a little sign language. It helps them sort of connect with it. Some of them are better than others. Respect can really quickly look like a very rude gesture, I found. Um, this one that really stuck with them, and we probably have some around here, self, what's self-control? Self-control, right? They got that one. I see that one all the time, self-control. I'm driving a bus. Um, peace, I thought with preschoolers, probably easier just go. So I showed them that, and they all went, deuces, you know, sure. Uh, but then I told them what, how you actually sign peace, and I think this sign absolutely captures the kind of peace we are expressing to one another and experiencing together. So I'm going to treat y'all like some preschoolers. Are you ready? Warm up those old signing hands, will you? Okay. Put them up like this. You want them flat? You want this right one up like this? Left one right over top of it. And then you're going to flip them. Peace. Ooh, did that click with them? Oh my goodness, for a five-year-old to remember things for two weeks is impressive because what ended up happening was I was going to get a drink and I don't know if you know this, I'm basically a celebrity with five-year-olds around here. (laughs) I want to chew my own horn, but they think I'm pretty funny. Um, I'm getting a drink and one of their classes is moving and I hear, there he is. And the teacher goes, oh, yep, there he is. And I'm like, because gluttonous extrovert. And they're like, and their teacher says, you know, we've been practicing peace. It's a week later, right? I go, oh, great. And they go, you want to show them peace? I thought every kid was going to go, deuces, you know. No, every one of them. Because it captures what this peace is that we receive. It's not just a gesture of I hope things are going good for you. It's a hope that everything in your life might be restored to wholeness and completely, finally, peace. That's the hope we extend to one another. That's what's talked about in this lesson today. Don't come here to offer sacrifice without first doing the most important work you can do. Peacemakers, make peace with your neighbor. Make peace with those who it might be very challenging to make peace with. Because quiet ain't peace. It's a kind of peace. Whole peace is what we're working for. As it says in the Beatitudes, I was glad we could remember it at the beginning of worship as we said, blessed are peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Y'all remember, you were, if, you, if you weren't baptized yet, you're still a child of God. I'm just going to say it. But you have been marked and named, claimed, and you are a peacemaker. That's our job. So when we pass the peace, we pass the peace having received it from the very beginning, the first utterance of God's lips. You are good. You are good. I love you. You're, you and me, there's peace. So we receive that peace from the very start. That's why we heard those words, confession and forgiveness from the start. Heard that prayer. We uttered our need for that. And then I hope after this, we'll sing a song. We're going to do communion. That's another beautiful way of receiving God's peace. It's once and for all. 
you taste and touch and see God has reconciled us to God for good. Then, after that, I hope we will offer that peace because we receive the peace, we offer the peace. And then at the end of service, again, pay close attention to your screens. (laughs) We will be sent blessed for the work of enacting it, extending that peace to the world because that's our job, folks. More than just a how-to-do and hallelujah, good to see you today, GM, good to see you today. (laughs) Peace be with you. Peace be with you. May it flow from you. May it emanate from you. May it be a defining characteristic of your identity in Christ. You are a peacemaker. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, We would be most honored by your presence.